Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Stephen Thompson. It is New Music Friday. And for October 29th, we've got new albums by Tori Amos, Mick Jenkins, Mon Lafert, and more. But first, here's The War on Drugs and their new album, I Don't Live Here Anymore. Change from I Don't Live Here Anymore by the Philly rock band The War on Drugs. This is The War on Drugs' fifth album and the follow-up to 2017's A Deeper Understanding, which won a Grammy for Best Rock Album. Joining me from a brief stopover in Alexandria, Virginia, to talk about The War on Drugs is my NPR colleague and pal, Lindsay McKenna. Welcome back, Lindsay. Hey, Stephen. So happy to be here. It's great to have you. So I Don't Live Here Anymore is the War on Drugs' first album in four years. As always, these songs have a lot of room to kind of breathe and sprawl. They're rock and roll, but there's a hypnotic quality to them. Lindsay, tell me about this record. Yeah, I think that you're right in bringing up uh, Lost in the Dream and A Deeper Understanding. I think those really set the template for what we hear here on I Don't Live Here Anymore. This is their second record on Atlantic, so it's a big, major label record. The War on Drugs is ambitious. It's got this keen attention to detail. It's precise. I think Adam Grandisiel is just a studio head, and he's a person who tinkers and plays, and he really has become sort of known for what he does behind the scenes, which really does reward repeated listens. I think the influences are clear. It's music that feels like it's in conversation with the 70s and the 80s. And to be clear, that is not a pejorative. I (laughs) love that kind of stuff. I know you do too, Stephen. He name checks Bob Dylan on the title track, which, brief aside, is incredible. I (laughs) highly recommend hopping in your car, just sort of like letting that song wash over you. Please don't take your hands off the wheel. Pay attention to the road. Don't do anything (laughs) stupid. Even though it's big and it's meant to be experienced in arenas, it's also inviting and intimate and lyrically it's a little opaque, but there's just so much to dive into. I already think that this is one of their best. I'm so happy to have it and I cannot wait to keep coming back to it, especially like on the open road or in, you know, an evening setting with friends. I think it's one of those records that you're going to want to return to if you're into that guitar rock sound. Give it a whirl. You said it's a good driving record, and I completely agree, and it'll play well in stadiums, but there's a subtlety to this band. These songs are not necessarily like hitting big anthemy notes. There, There is this kind of low-key quality to them that where you really benefit from getting lost in the music. That's The War on Drugs. Their new album is called I Don't Live Here Anymore. Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Stephen. Let's go next to the rapper Mick Jenkins. Mick Jenkins' new album is called Elephant in the Room. I keep tripping over these flows. 
I keep a stiff army too close. Swiss army knife, I keep like seven different type of bros. At least two keep a pole. At least three from the streets, I know five live by the cold. Savages in the fold. Allergies on bright, y'all know slime heavy with the smoke, huh? Grind heavy, Tony Hawk, hands on, do it, man, you will more Rodney Mullen, my walk, kick, push all the hoes, no fiascos, I'm Spock, no tobacco, just weed, too much Tabasco, I'm hot, this shit is Hasbro, all games, I cannot dap up, no ops, I keep a stiff arm, don't tweet, I hit the Heisman on beat, huh. I keep rolling up, I just smoke, fact is, some niggas just weeds, That's Stiff Arm from the rapper Mick Jenkins. He was born in Alabama, but now lives in Chicago. This is his third album, though he's also put out a bunch of mixtapes and singles. Joining me from Atlanta to talk about Mick Jenkins is writer Christina Lee. Hey, Christina. Hey, Steven. So Mick Jenkins has floated around for the last decade or so. His albums are hugely inventive. He makes rap records that draw on not only hip-hop, but also spoken word and jazz, as well as a really wide-ranging knowledge of history, musical, and otherwise. His subject matter is similarly broad. Christina, tell me about Mick Jenkins. Mick Jenkins' albums are definitely cerebral for sure, but he has a way of making these subjects really approachable, right? So just as with his past releases, I think Mick has always been interested in sort of seeking knowledge and speaking like sort of truth to power. That is, whether he's critiquing U.S. society at large or with my personal favorite track, sometimes he tends to analyze his own behavior um, for the sake of like self-improvement. Um, so these are common subjects that he tends to mine, but I think as each Mick Jenkins album tends to prove, I mean, these are these are bigger, larger questions that vex us all. So I'm always down to discuss them, whether that's in conversation or in this case in record. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of personal material here. There's also a lot of kind of macro societal uh, discussions. There's a, there's a track on this record called Things You Could Die For If Doing While Black. The song we just heard, Stiff Arm, has this spoken word segment at the end that is just so bracing. You just snap to attention when you hear it. It's this mix of kind of sports and pop culture references and wordplay and so much commentary. I, I think this is an outstanding record. And I mean, he brings up those three words, critical race theory, yeah. right? Uh, so that's let you know that the album is as timely as ever and that these subject matters are as timely as ever, for sure. Yeah, it's a fantastic record. That's Elephant in the Room from the rapper Mick Jenkins. Thanks so much for joining us, Christina. Thanks for having me. Let's go next to the legend, the icon, Tori Amos. Tori Amos is back with a new album called Ocean to Ocean. Thank you. 
That song has a perfectly Tori Amos title, Speaking with Trees. Ocean to Ocean is her 16th full-length album in an absolutely incredible career. We are coming up on 30 years since her breakthrough album, Little Earthquakes, but she's been recording for even longer than that. Joining me to talk about Tori Amos is my NPR music colleague and great pal, Ann Powers. Hey, Ann. Hey, Stephen. I'm so happy. It's another Tory day. Yeah. All right. Ann Powers, sum up for me your love of Tori Amos. I will give you 25 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, mystical revelations and red wine. Let's just call it that. Well, you did it <laughs> in fewer I... than 25 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, th- the thing that's great about Tori and that we hear on this wonderful new recording is her ability to combine the cosmic with the intimate. She made this record under lockdown uh, in her home in Cornwall. I've been there. Uh, you know, full disclosure, people might remember I wrote a book with Tori many, many years ago and hung out a bit at her house. And it is truly a place where old spirits reside and, you know, where she can go out and commune with trees. Yeah, it's funny. In researching the segment, I realized that she grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, where I'm sitting right now. And I'm like, I would have guessed that she grew up like under a giant toadstool (laughs) and not in the city that I'm currently squatting in. No, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, this record, you know, Ocean to Ocean, it definitely has a lot to share on the subject of the state of the world. You know, there's quite a bit sort of environmentalist spirit on this record. It reminds me of the novel The Overstory by Richard Powers that won a Pulitzer a few years ago in terms of its connection with nature and uh, in songs like Speaking with Trees or Spies, which is about bats, you know, (laughs) or metal, water, wood, you know, about the elements. But it also is so much about Tori's own loss of her mother a while back, the way she couldn't connect with certain family members during lockdown, a sense of loneliness, almost despair Mm -hmm. that she pulls herself back from in a way that I think will resonate with many people, whether or not they're interested in the the more magical, with a K. Of of course. I mean, yeah, sometimes we talk about records that meld the personal and the political. And this kind of melds the personal, the political, and the mystical. That's a really hard thing to do. Tori Amos, (laughs) her new album is called Ocean to Ocean. And I want to talk to you about one more album. Let's go next to Emily Scott Robinson. Emily Scott Robinson has a new album called American Siren. The coffee's hot. The kids are asleep. This is the only time I feel like I can breathe But late last night I locked the door And cried myself to sleep on the bathroom floor Ha! 
That's Let Em Burn from Emily Scott Robinson and her new album, American Siren. Emily Scott Robinson is a folk singer and songwriter from Colorado. She records for John Prine's label, which is generally a mark of quality. Even knowing that, and I was struck by just how gorgeous and clear-eyed this record is. This was a record, Stephen, I was very happy to bring to you personally. I just knew it would resonate with you. The craft of it is incredible. I'm sure you'll agree with me. Emily Scott Robinson, I agree that I would classify her as a folk artist, but she, you know, she can make a country song. Absolutely. Like anybody. And, And she also writes in this poetic, yet very, very plain spoken way about very deep and complex desires. There's a whole sort of religious strain that runs through this about dealing with, you know, your faith and loss of faith and desire and sexuality. But there's also just like, you know, kick-ass honky-tonk songs and fun songs for dancing on the wooden floor on this record too. (laughs) Yeah, and I just have to talk a little bit about Let Him Burn, which we just heard a little piece of. I keep a folder on my laptop where I just like drag my favorite songs of any given year. And I was probably 90 seconds into this song before I just dragged it right into that folder. This song absolutely flattened me. It ran me over with a steamroller. This is a, this is how you do a breakup song. We talk about breakup songs in here all the time. This is how you do a breakup song. This is a breakup song, but it is also a person's entire world and worldview just turned inside out with every nerve exposed. It is such a great song. I made the comparison, this is a weird one, but to the show Fleabag, just, you know, mm, there's there's okay. a hot priest on this record, I'm just going to say. <laughs> but there is a way that what Emily Scott Robinson does is similar to what Phoebe Waller-Bridge does in that she can be really funny at times and really relatable, but then she just, you know, cuts to the heart, like you're saying. It's, it's quite... It's quite amazing. Another big win for Oh Boy Records. I'll listen to anything y'all do because uh, everything <laughs> they release is great. Yeah, That's Emily Scott Robinson and her new album, American Siren. And thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Let's go next to the singer Lily Konigsberg. Lily Konigsberg's new album is called Lily, We Need to Talk Now. I'll stay right by your side, you should Alone from Lily Konigsberg, her new album is the forebodingly titled Lily, We Need to Talk Now. It's her first official solo album after a compilation from earlier this year called The Best of Lily Konigsberg Right Now. Joining me to talk about Lily Konigsberg is one of the newest additions to the NPR music team, Hazel Sills. Welcome, Hazel. 
Hi, Stephen. It is great to have you here. So Lily Konigsberg, she's also in the band Palberta, which is an NPR music favorite. She's got a wonderful way with hooks and kind of wry sideways humor. Hazel, I love the way these songs, it's like you're listening to an indie pop song and having a conversation at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people know Lily from, as you said, the New York band Palberta, who I kind of associate with making experimental rock music. And I think what's so interesting about Lily's solo music is she kind of takes her background as like a post-punk minimalist and applies it to to pop songwriting. Yeah, you talk about about minimalist. I mean, this is 11 songs in like 24 minutes. So she has so many ideas, but she gets in and out with them. Yeah, and she doesn't overcrowd her songs. You know, as you said, most of the songs are, you know, less than three minutes. Um, and I really love the way she kind of jumps through genre throughout this album. You know, there's there's kind of atmospheric shoegaze. There's really kind of classic pop songwriting. There's some auto-tune thrown in there. You know, I, th- <laughs> I think about a song like Sweat Forever. That kind of almost sounds like an early 2000s, like, pop song. Like, it kind of reminded me of, like, an indie rock version of Jules' Intuition. Um, <laughs> so I-, I mean that as a compliment, sincerely. Yeah. Oh, I took it as one. <laughs> Yeah, so I really love the way that she kind of jumps through genre. Yeah, it's it's remarkable how much ground she manages to cover in t- just 24 minutes. That's Lily Konigsberg and her official debut solo album. It's called Lily, We Need to Talk Now. Hazel, I'm going to ask you to stick around for a minute to talk about one more record. We still have more records that we want to play for New Music Friday, but first, let's take a quick break. It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Stephen Thompson, and we are looking at some of the best new albums out on October 29th. Let's kick off the second half of our show with the DJ and producer Eris Drew. Eris Drew has a new album called Quivering in Time. Show your love. Show your love. Show your love. Show your Show You Love by Eris Drew from her new album, Quivering in Time. Eris Drew is a DJ and producer and all-around big thinker from Chicago. She's been performing and studying dance music for decades now after experiencing a spiritual epiphany at a rave in 1994. Who among us? Uh, Now she is a proponent of what she calls the mother beat Hazel. Tell me about Eris Drew. Yeah, Eris Drew uh, is a longtime vinyl DJ, uh, originally from Chicago, and she makes incredibly exuberant, extremely fun house music. None of her songs kind of 
end where they begin. And they all have this really kind of like bouncy collaged quality. She really recreates the experience of being a turntable DJ in her music. So she's constantly filling them with samples that she finds. And it's really, really fun dance music that kind of demands nothing more from you than your kind of body and soul and and willingness to move it. This is not an album for laptop speakers. I listen to this record on like, I set up my like kind of big surround soundy speaker system to really kind of pump this music. And then you just hear, like you said, all these samples and all these like kind of subtle textures that come in this music. It is not easy to pick like a 60 second excerpt from this record to play because everything is kind of moving gradually at the same time that it's pounding and propulsive. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, Eris Drew's concept of the mother beat and, you know, something that I really love about, you know, Eris Drew's approach to music is she really believes that dance music can be a healing force, you know, for the body and the mind. Um, And she's also a trans artist. And, you know, throughout her music, she really draws on this idea of the dance floor as a place for healing um, and, and queer experience and expression. So I love that you really get that aspect in her music. Yeah, it works beautifully. That is Quivering in Time by Eris Drew. Hazel, thanks so much for joining us. Next up, we've got the singer-songwriter Mon Laferte. Mon Laferte is back with her second album of 2021. It's called Carmen 1940. Algo es mejor from Mon Laferte and her new album Carmen 1940. Mon Laferte is a versatile singer-songwriter from Chile and Algo es mejor translates as something is better, which gives you a hint of some of the optimism on display here. Joining me to talk about Mon Laferte is my NPR music colleague and friend from Alt Latino, Ana Maria Sayer. Hey, Ana Maria. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh, it is a joy to have you here. So this is the second time this year that you have come on to this show to talk about a new album by Mon Laferte. But as befitting an artist who's worked in so many sounds, Carmen 1940 sounds kind of not much like her other album that came out this year. That album was called Sace, which is a hint that this is her seventh album overall. Ana Maria, tell me about Mon Laferte. Obviously, Mon has some serious productivity abilities that I think we should all be jealous of. Um, (laughs) We use the term, I feel like, versatile quite a bit, and there are a few artists that I would say it applies to as precisely as it does with Mon. I mean, she is like, every single album she puts out, I'm like, oh, That was something new. That was something different. I mean, she's a a Chilean artist who has played all different types of subgenres within kind of like the Latin music sphere. Most recently, Sace was this kind of um, 
owed to Chavela Vargas, who is like mm-hmm. this traditional Mexican folk singer who who like dabbles in boleros and things like that. So just kind of like a, a very different realm from where we're in now. This new album, it was actually inspired by her, a four-month stint she did in L.A., essentially, which is very close to my heart because I'm here in L.A. <laughs> the brightness, the optimism that that is really reminiscent of this album, like you kind of touched on, really feels fitting to me for the space. Um, you know, a lot of inspiration from the ocean, from actually pregnancy. She got pregnant mm-hmm. during the production of this album. And so kind of like, you know, new life and enjoying the space and enjoying the ocean and, and the nature and the natural world. And she mentions feeling really connected to it. Um, and I think you can really hear that in what she created here. Well, and she does some singing in English on this record, which is which is new for her as well. The title of this record, Carmen 1940, refers to the address of the Airbnb where she was staying for those four months, which I got to think, you have to put that in your list. Oh, absolutely. Like going forward. Absolutely. <laughs> They're like, listen to the album. This is exactly the vibe of the Airbnb. <laughs> to me, it's fascinating because it kind of really, I guess, puts into words what I feel like her music does, which she... You know, I've said this before, but she is such a musical chameleon and that she really adapts kind of the space and the geography and the culture of wherever she is and puts that in her music. And I think that this like so perfectly encapsulates that because like when she was spending time in Mexico, you know, the album was so Mexican folk and on this album, there are moments where I almost feel, especially with the English songs, where I feel almost like an American folk sound to it is a little bit present. And I think like her literally naming it after the space where she was when she was creating it is kind of her nodding to the fact that that she really is able to grab the essence of wherever she is in that moment and represent that in the music that she's making there. Yeah, that's Carmen 1940 by the singer Mon Laferte. Ana Maria, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Next up, it's not every week that we get to say these words, but we have a great tuba player on the show. Theon Cross has a new album called Intra I. That's Fortitude with the numeral 40 from Theon Cross and his new album Intra I. As I said at the top of the segment, the London musician plays the tuba and he employs it in really surprising and subtle and clever ways. Joining us to talk about Theon Cross is Ayana Contreras. She is music director and director of content at Vocalo Radio 91 in Chicago. Welcome, Ayana. Hey. It is great to have you. Theon Cross is in the not terribly crowded marketplace of tuba players in center stage. Tell me about it. 
You know, what's interesting is he said in a Rolling Stone article a couple of years back that what he really enjoys doing is employing it in ways that are almost unrecognizable, um, using effects and different things like that. If I remember correctly, he even said that, you know, sometimes he uses it in ways where a hip hop person might think that it's just, you know, electronic bass, that it's been so changed and swiveled around. It's very attractive sound, especially if you're not used to it. Yeah, it really jumps out. Like you said, it sounds familiar enough that you don't necessarily feel like I am listening to a tuba album as it's rolling. But that inventiveness and and kind of just that creative spirit is really running all the way through this record. Absolutely. You know, the very first time I heard him, he was supporting um, Ben Lamar Gay at the Winter Jazz Fest in, in Manhattan, 2019. And Ben Lamar Gay was doing a cover of Chuck Berry's Maybelline and... It just had this bottom that was like blowing up the club and I couldn't figure out. I was like, who is that? And they're like, it's Theon Cross. And from then on, I've been totally tapped in and I'm for it. Yeah, he's done a lot of really interesting stuff. He's a core member of Sons of Comet, which you know is, is a really, really interesting London jazz group. Um, but this record, just genre wise, it feels like its own animal entirely. I think, you know, it's interesting. It's a mashup of different sounds, jazz, dubstep, Afro beats. It feels to me like representational of the diversity of the Afro diaspora in London. Yeah, and thematically, that's that's what he's going for as well. It's a terrific record. That is Intra-Eye, the new album from Theon Cross. Ayana, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Next up is the singer-songwriter Lily Lewis. Lily Lewis has a new album called Americana. Wrecking Ball from Lily Lewis and her new album, Americana, written and recorded in quarantine. Americana is a collection of story songs that fuse folk music, soul, and country with tales of Black American life. Joining us to talk about Lily Lewis is NPR music contributor and all-around good egg, Julie Height. Hey, Julie. Hey, Stephen. So, Julie, you brought Lily Lewis to my attention. Tell me about Americana. 
I realize that Lily Lewis might be a slightly new name to, to New Music Friday listeners, but it is not because she is new to performing. I mean, she she's trained as an opera singer, and she's also a classically trained pianist and a singer and songwriter. And she's been performing professionally for a couple of decades now and sort of working her way to how she wanted to bridge, you know, making music that could cross the boundaries between racially segregated worlds that she has learned to bridge over her lifetime and to figure out how to tell the stories she wants to tell and bring together all of the styles that she can work in, that she has worked in, in such accomplished ways. And she also is very aware of the debates that have been going on about the marginalization of BIPOC voices and roots music and Americana. So she has made what I feel like is kind of her ultimate statement and staked her claim with this album, by calling it Americana and putting on it what she has put on it. As you said, like this is an album that is that doubles as a mission statement. I mean, she's putting these messages front and center. I think there's some really pointed guest casting on this record. She has a guest appearance from Lady A, ah yes, uh, who is Lady the, a. the the great Seattle blues and soul singer, the OG name, Lady A, the OG, yeah, Lady whose a. name got co-opted by the country group Lady Antebellum, and you know made a lot of headlines when that was happening. And Lady A kind of had to come forward and be like, "Man, you are not erasing." my decades-long career because you want to feel better about the name of your band. And I think that putting her on this record really felt like a statement in its own right. I think that is very true. And I think that there are are really a couple of things too, that Lily Lewis did with this album that are really impactful to me. I mean, one is how mindful she is about the storytelling she does on this album, the scale and the tone and the spirit of it. I mean, you've mentioned um, a few of the songs already, and even when she takes up the murder ballad tradition in her song Peace of Mind, the way that she does it is telling a tale that's calling back to the long existence of rural queer folks, you know, and when she summons the history of acapella spirituals, you know, in the lineage of Sweet Honey and the Rock, she's kind of mapping out this arc of self-healing, of healing as a self-directed act in the song Healing Inside, and she gives us, you know, epic autobiography in Wednesday's Child, and her song My American Heart, she's got you know, two different versions of it on here. And I think she takes this notion of Americanness and instead of invoking it as a territorial boundary, she spreads it out and gives us this benediction for the well-being of humanity and gives us this this vision of ample empathy. And then I think the other thing is just her singing itself because she comes from opera and classical training and she's so steeped in jazz that she does so much communicating outside of the lyrics themselves with meaningful repetition and incantation and her phrasing you know she just molds this world and makes room and gives it this generous rhythm with her singing yeah that's americana the new album from lily lewis julie thanks so much for being here you're so welcome You might be wondering how I managed to get this far into a discussion of today's new albums without mentioning the new record by pop star Ed Sheeran. The title of Ed Sheeran's new album is an equals sign, and it is full 
of hit after hit after hit, as you might imagine. We just published Ed Sheeran's Tiny Desk Home Concert over at NPR Music. Speaking of big stars who've recently recorded Tiny Desk Home Concerts, the superstar Atlanta trap group Migos has a new album that's called Culture 3. Do not miss their Tiny Desk Home Concert. There is a surprise album drop from the great Yonsi from Sigur Rós. It's an epic atmospheric solo record inspired by the singer's new art exhibition. The album is called Obsidian. With the holidays coming, this is a huge week for deluxe anniversary editions of classic albums, complete with bonus tracks and whatnot. Death Cab for Cuties' The Photo Album is getting a reissue to commemorate 20 years. I do not know how it's even possible that that record came out 20 years ago, but here we are. R.E.M.'s New Adventures in Hi-Fi is getting a 25th anniversary edition, and speaking of 25th anniversary editions, there is a new deluxe edition of Spice Girls' seminal album, Spice. Speaking of old recordings, there's a new Johnny Cash live album worth checking out from 1968. It's a pristine recording of a never-before-heard concert in San Francisco, captured not long before his classic prison shows. That's called Bears Sonic Journals, Johnny Cash at the Carousel Ballroom, April 24th, 1968. The producer and DJ Maya Jane Coles makes dark electro-pop music. It's melancholy and mysterious. Her new album is called Night Creature. Not so melancholy or mysterious, they might be Giants have just released their 23rd album, but it's a little more than just music book. Comes packaged with a hardbound 144-page book of art and photos, and the songs are catchy as ever. Again, that is called Book. A few terrific singer-songwriters have new albums out today. Charlotte Cornfield is a Canadian artist who plays plain-spoken, gorgeous, lived-in folk rock. Her new album is called Highs in the Minuses. Hayes Carl has put out a long string of wryly funny, observant, humane roots records. The latest is called You Get It All. Sam Evian makes bold, technicolor psych pop music. His new album is buoyant and soulful. It's called Time to Melt. And Marissa Nadler has been making dreamy, gothic folk rock music for ages. Her new ninth album is called The Path of the Clouds. Finally, the Atlanta metal band Mastodon returns today with a massive double-length epic. It is a huge slab of grief-stricken fury called Hushed and Grim. As you can imagine, there is absolutely nothing hushed about it. All of those albums are out today, October 29th, and a reminder to bookmark the Now Playing blog at NPR Music that is packed with song recommendations that'll help you stay caught up on great music. We've got one last album on today's show. Jonathan Blake has a new album called Homeward Bound.
tune is Homeward Bound for Anna Grace. It was written as a tribute to a girl who died in the mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary back in 2012. Her parents were Jonathan Blake's friends. Uh, Blake is a versatile drummer and band leader who's worked with everyone from Pharaoh Sanders to Maria Schneider to Roy Hargrove. Joining me to talk about Jonathan Blake is the great and good Nate Chenen from NPR Music and Jazz Night in America. Welcome, Nate. What's happening, Stephen? It is great to have you here, Nate. Tell me more about Homeward Bound. This is a really luminous record. That's a great word for it. You know, as you noted, Jonathan Blake is one of these musicians who has just really lifted any number of bandstands. And he's been kind of a, a figure who plays with his elders, uh, you know, a whole bunch of NEA jazz masters, as well as with the younger cats. And so I see him as a real bridge builder. And on this recording, he's leading a band he calls Pentad, which features several of the, you know, the bright young lights on the scene, including alto saxophonist Emmanuel Wilkins, vibraphonist Joel Ross. Those are both his, his Blue Note label mates. A wonderful pianist named David Vareas and bassist Desron Douglas. So this, this is like a real New York power crew. And this album, it really showcases his sort of quiet confidence as a band leader and the way that he's able to make this ensemble cohere Everybody shines, and yet everybody feels like they're a part of something. To me, this album, more than maybe anything else I've heard this year, is like a perfect snapshot of like the New York state of the art post-bop sound. You know, like this is what it sounds like right now at the highest level, but also like on the street. There's nothing like a drummer as a band leader, man. You know, the, yeah. the last time I hosted this show, you talked about Andrew Cyril, right. uh, who's another great drumming band leader. And there's just something about the way guys like that make space for other players mm -hmm. and just kind of make space in the overall mix. Yeah, there's an, an extraordinary dynamic sensitivity that someone like Jonathan Blake has, you know, and it's it's funny that you say that about space because the stereotype about drummers and as band leaders might be that they're you know, it's all flash and noise and chops, right? Um, yeah. But in the case of, of a musician this advanced and this sensitive, you have space, you have color and texture and, you know, support. That's really the beautiful thing here is there's a, there's a real communal vibe to this recording. Part of that commitment is lifting each other up. And that's really what I feel here. Well, that's a perfect spirit to end our show on. That is Homeward Bound from the drummer and band leader Jonathan Blake. That'll do it for New Music Friday. Thanks so much for joining me, Nate. My pleasure, Stephen. If you want to hear all the music we've featured on this week's show, along with a bunch of other great new music out today, we've got expanded playlists in Apple Music and on Spotify. Search for NPR's New Music Friday playlist in either of those apps. And a reminder, as always, to sign up for our weekly newsletter. It is put together by the stupendous Marissa LaRusso. To subscribe, go to npr.org slash music newsletter. You can follow us on Twitter at NPR Music. You can find me at I Dislike Stephen. You can find our guest Lindsay McKenna at Lindsay McKay. Christina Lee is at Mina Ann Lee. Ann Powers is at Ann K. Powers. And Hazel Sills is at Hazel Sills. That's Sills with a C. Ana Maria Sayer is at Ana Sayer. That's S-A-Y-R-E. Ayana Contreras is at Reclaimed Soul. Julie Height is at Right by Her Roots. And Nate Chenen is at Nate Chenen. This week's show has been produced and edited by Bob Boylan and Ron Scalzo. From NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Stephen Thompson, encouraging you to be well, take a break, and treat yourself to lots of great music.